boom it's cover two time what's up warren how's it going warren of course here is cover two which means we're almost time for the chicago bears and the san francisco 49ers it's going to be an exciting episode I'm, I'm excited to talk about the bears man i'm super excited i mean if you're a football fan this is what we've all been waiting for um it's been a long off season i've been waiting for it you've been waiting for it i can't wait yeah, it's it's gonna be all of that. You got the the underlying stories as well. Yeah, you got Justin <clears throat> Fields versus Trey Lance, of course. of course. I don't know how much of the game is actually gonna come down to the arms of Justin right. Fields and Trey Lance, <clears throat> uh, but that conversation is there, of course. And Darnell Mooney, you know, kind of plays into that with the yeah. fact that he says, you know, Justin Fields is a little upset. The 49ers right. passed on him. He wasn't shy about it. No, I mean, and <laughs> and that's kind of what happens, right? Randy right. Moss was a little upset when he got passed, and he took it personal. But let's see if it translates to the field and if Justin Fields can get something done with that. But Warren, I wanted to ask you, what are you most excited to see in this game versus the Bears? So I know everybody's excited to see Trey Lance. And I mean, part of me is I'm, I'm excited to see Trey Lance as well. But um, what I'm most excited to see is Kyle Shanahan. Like, okay. what does he come up with? You know, so we've seen him with Jimmy G. We've seen the Jimmy G offense. Uh, we've lived through that for the past few years now. Very true. Um, so now this is Trey Lance's team. So he's had two years to prep this kid to get ready. So I'm interested interested to see, like, because I feel like to me, Kyle Shanahan is the best. He's the best play caller and the best, you know, play designer to me in the league. So I'm super interested to see what he puts together, what he's had in his back pocket, what he's been hiding from all of us with Trey Lance. So I'm super excited to see um, what he's going to unleash on the Bears. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And I don't think very many people are talking about how Kyle Shanahan plans to attack, right? you know, overall the Chicago Bears defense and what he plans to do with Trey Lance and unveil. And I think a lot of it's going to go into run game. I think Absolutely. That, that's what it's going to play. I think Trey Lance <clears throat> is actually going to be used a lot in the run. You hear John Lynch talking about Kyle Shanahan developing plays after they went and watched Justin Fields Pro Day. And those plays were, in, were run plays. Those right. were things that he was excited about doing using the legs because what it does is it makes defender make a decision are you gonna stay at home and play against trey lance like you're supposed right. to or are you flying down that line of scrimmage to stop the stop the running back it puts those guys in precarious situations so you're right it could be really fun to watch to see how kyle shannon plans on attacking also new defense coming you know from indianapolis to chicago Absolutely. with uh you know the, the new coach coming in as well so interesting i i did like that the way you're coming with kyle shanahan that's at most everybody else is more interested in Trey Lance, of Absolutely, course, yeah. you know, or, or seeing, you know, what's going to happen with, you know, Debo Samuel or whatever. So I think that's very interesting. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm super interested in that. I mean, we haven't had a quarterback really that could run since cap. So when you got to account for the quarterback, I mean, we all know it's 11 on 11 football. So and that chance, a game changer. And when you got a mind like Kyle Shanahan, like, and you give him numbers like that and advantage like that, like, man, it's going to be, it's going to be beautiful, man. I can't wait. I'm so excited to see the season and this Bears game. Like, I really want to see what Shanahan comes out with and blows our mind. So, yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, the scheme is going to be fun to watch. How, yeah. how Kyle Shanahan schemes this thing up. <clears throat> it could look like some of the same old, same old of uh, the 49 It could, yeah. But we'll see. We'll get into that a little bit more later on. But right now, I want to flip it to the defensive side of the football uh, because the 49ers released an unofficial um, in their media, of course, unofficial depth chart. And on that depth chart, ne listed next to Talano Hufanga was George Odom. And I want to know from you, Warren, who do you think is going to start? Kyle Shanahan would give nothing away. Kyle Shanahan said he will decide who the starter is 
uh, minutes before kickoff, which we know <laughs> is untrue. He's just doing right. that to the media. But who do you think it's going to be? Will it be George Odom? Will it be Tarverius Moore? Or could it be somebody they elevate off the practice floor? I'm super. I don't know who's going to start, to be honest. Um, I was in the boat um, previous episodes. I thought Jimmy Ward would be ready to go. I thought it was like a little bit of gamemanship, um, you know, towards the Bears. Like, yeah, he might not be ready to go. So, but I guess it, he's really he's really dealing with something. So, um, if I had to bet, I would, I would lean on uh, Tavarius Moore. That's what I would lean on. Um, I know George Odom um, is he's on the depth chart. He's slotted to start, but. I don't know man i don't know it's 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 going to be interesting to see like that's honestly one of my biggest worries as well too so um i'm gonna go if i had to pick one i'm, I'm gonna go with Tavarius more yeah I'm, I'm with you yeah. i think it is gonna be Tarverius more i think it could be a little bit of a short leash you right. know and a quick hook just depending on how he plays but he makes the most sense he's the only tour free safety on the current 53 man roster Absolutely. as it's constituted right now odom is more of a strong safety look so you're rolling out there with two strong safeties uh, you have to worry about that back end because, yes, yes you have Tavares Moore and you have Emmanuel Mosley, but they have a lot of speed at, from their receiver group, and you don't want to put those guys out on an island the whole time. And all the while, you don't want to put Samuel Womack in his first start Ooh. as nickel, you know, in a in a precarious situation. So you want to yeah. make sure you help him out because these safeties are also going to be tasked with helping against Cole Komet, uh, and that's not going to be easy as well. So I do think Tavares Moore makes the most sense. He's very comfortable in this defense. He has the range to be able to cover things right. in the deep third and come up in the box and make tackles. To me, you're right. That makes the most sense uh, from the safety position. Right. I mean, if they went with Odom, I'd be curious to see how they handle when Hufong is in the box and when Odom's in the box and how they play that or you know when they go to uh, nickel situations and dime situations, who comes on and off the field. But to me, it just it seems like it has to be more skill set wise. I agree, and I mean, so various more. I mean, earlier in the preseason, he struggled a little bit against Green Bay, but um, to finish out the preseason, I feel like he rebounded pretty well. I liked everything I seen out of him. So to me, that's the reason why I would I would slot him, and that's who I would want to see starting the game. But what's also interesting is what we talked about on previous episode as well is if uh, they'll go to a three safety look. Yeah. You know, so that's something that I'm going to keep an eye out for just to, especially to help out Hufunga. I mean, this is his, this is going to be his first year starting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. I mean, without Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Ward is one of the leaders out there on defense. So it's definitely going to be an adjustment um, on who's going to fill in for him and how they're going to, how they're going to rebound, to be honest, <clears throat> from his injury. Yeah. Cause if they had Jimmy Ward, I wouldn't be worried about Cole Komet as much. Right. Now, I think he would still get his, but. Uh, Jimmy Ward could go in there and play man coverage. He can go in there and you know compete with him over and over. It gives you a lot more uh, flexibility on third down as well. That was one thing D'Amico Ryan's liked to do last year was when it was third and you know medium is go ahead and go man across the board, knowing Jimmy Ward could go up there and take away a slot receiver. That's not going to be the case. The way the 49ers play defense is going to be different without Jimmy Ward. Absolutely. That's just the, the, the pure facts. <clears throat> um, and so we'll see how they go ahead and handle this position next to him. And one thing they have to do, Warren, is they have to go ahead and add somebody from the practice squad. We know one of them needs to be an offensive lineman because that's what allows you to bring up another player as well. So it, the offensive lineman can either be Jason Poe or it can be Keaton Sutherland. My guess would it be Keaton Sutherland. What do you think about offensive line? Do you think it's going to be Sutherland or do you think it's going to be Poe with the question marks about Daniel Brunskill? Um, honestly, on the offensive line, I would say I'd probably lead towards uh, Sutherland. Um. I didn't really get to watch too much of him in the preseason. Um, I know uh, Poe was 
I remember he was getting some kind of he was in a little bit of hype during the preseason. Um, but I would lean towards Sutherland um uh being pulled up off the off the practice squad. Um I was honestly thinking, um, since we're talking about safety, um, Dante Johnson. Yeah. You know, um, that's gonna be a position to need for us. We're gonna need and he's so familiar in the offense, I mean in the defense, and he's been with the Niners for forever. You know, he always goes through preseason with us and he always ends up on the practice squad. So um, to me, that's a position of need. Um, so if we're able to bring up Sutherland, we're going to be able to bring up Dante Johnson as well? Correct. Okay. You're able to bring up one other player. as You're able to bring up two guys as long as one of those is an offensive lineman. Okay. What that does, though, is it makes the 49ers have 11 offensive linemen up on the roster for game day, that, which is crazy. You wouldn't normally think that's the case. But they, you know, they went ahead and they claimed Blake Hans. Uh, he's somebody that's going to come in that I believe has versatility to play center if needed. Right. And it's all to ensure that in case Daniel Brunskill is not ready to go, they have a veteran center that's able to go in there in case something happens to Jake Rendell. Because without there, you can't be rolling out, you know, Nick Zakel that has only had practice reps at center. So that's what it's all about. And that's why Sutherland makes sense on the practice squad. Right. Uh, but as far as you're right, safety goes, it's either, there's three options for him. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson. And I believe he's still got to get his footing underneath him. Dante Johnson, who fills a multitude of roles because Absolutely. not only can he help you on special teams, but he also can play safety like you just brought up and corner because and the corner. corners only have five corners. I believe it's tailor made for uh, Dante Johnson to come up in this game, uh, but they're going to in minus elevating Dante Johnson permanently. They're going to only be able to do this a couple of times. Then it's going to be Gibson until Jimmy Ward gets back. Because once you bring a guy up three times, you have to make a decision. They either have to be on the 53-man roster, you have to move on. Uh, so they're going to kind of play games, I think, with these guys. But for the first week, it, to me, it just makes the most sense for it to be Dante Johnson and Keaton Sutherland. I agree. I agree. Dante Johnson, he's going to play a huge role. Um, we, we may need him, you know, especially if there's an injury. Hopefully there isn't an injury. But um, I'm definitely in the in the boat of bringing up Dante Johnson. Yeah, I do think we <clears> need <throat> him for sure. Um, another thing we need to do is we need to – Keep Justin Fields in the pocket. <laughs> Do you think the 49ers, they struggled a little bit last year on Halloween, of keeping Justin Fields in the pocket, he kind of got going as the game went uh, on. Do you believe the 49ers can keep Justin Fields in the pocket this week? It's Justin Fields is, man, he's he's hard to keep in the pocket. As we've seen last year when we played against him, he was, he was hard to get to. Um, he just makes so many plays with his legs, you know, and, He's he feels he has a great uh pocket presence as well. When he feels it's like it's collapsing, he'll get out of pocket, he'll buy some time and he'll make a play. So I love our D line. Um our front seven to me, I think is the best in the league. Um I think they're gonna have their hands full this week, to be honest. Um Justin Fields is from what I'm hearing, he's only got better. You know? Yeah, he so has. he has a full year under his belt. This is this going into a second year. Um what we have playing for us on our side is we have Nick Bosa that kind of knows him. You know, they they were in the same locker room with each other in, in in college. So I definitely think it's gonna be a tall task keeping him in a pocket. I think we're gonna we're gonna harass him all day. He's gonna be under a lot of pressure all day. He's gonna be running all day. Um and I think that's gonna wear on him throughout four quarters. But I definitely think they have a task on him to keep him in the pocket. He's gonna win some reps, we're gonna win some reps, but it's it's gonna be a tall task. Yeah, I mean the the way that they got to do it, number one, they got to stay in their rush lanes. I mean, Absolutely. that's the thing. You can't get too far upfield if you're an edge rusher. You got to make sure you kind of have it a little bit more tight. And then they got to get some pressure from the interior defensive line. And you can't leave avenues for to allow him to run. 
What that means, though, is on the second in the secondary, you're not going to run as much man coverage as you normally would uh, because you don't want to have your back turn and run running away from the quarterback. We've seen this happen so many times you know, with defenses. I mean, Dom Capers from Green Bay was famous for these in those games versus Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have man coverage, and then Kaepernick would take off running, and all right. the defenders are running away, and Cap's got all this free space to run. So you can't do that very much. But the key to this is not just those lanes. It's also blitzing key guys. If you blitz a you know, a slot corner, a nickel corner, if you blitz Samuel Womack off the edge, then he's going to be able to provide a five-man lane to be able to keep Justin Fields in the pocket and make him try to throw the ball. If you combine that with disguising coverages, running shells, make him think it's one thing, and then seeing seeing it's something else. I went over his preseason film, and it happened to him a few times where they would show a single high safety in a cover three look, and then as the snap was about to happen, they would shift to a two-deep safety, and you could see Justin Fields locate the two deep safeties and hesitate for a second. That hesitation right there is the chance the 49ers need to get Nick Bosa or Samson Ebucom home. But it's all about collapsing this pocket around him combined, not allowing any run lanes. Because if he gets them, you're right, he's dynamic enough to make big-time plays, which I saw in that film from the preseason. I saw last year on Halloween. So, yeah, it's something that they have to be very mindful of. Yeah, yeah, it's going to come down to, like you said, I mean, it's, it's gap control football. You know, um, you're. I mean, you want you want to get after the quarterback, but you got to get after the quarterback. You got to be disciplined. Yeah. You know, because you leave a lane open and he can exploit it quickly. You know, and like like you said, you buy him a little bit of time. You know, it's it's a 15 yard game, 20 yard game, or it's going over your head for a touchdown. I mean, he's done this since he's. I've seen him play. Yeah. So, um, like I said, they're definitely going to have their hands full. Um, like you said as well, I the secondary. They definitely got to be in zone. They got to have their eyes on the quarterback. You know what I mean? Like stopping this type of quarterback, this type of dynamic quarterback, this new type of quarterback that's that's in the NFL. I mean, it it it's all hands on deck. You know? Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I think all you have to do is look at the way D'Amico Ryan's attacked Russell Wilson early on in those games against Seattle. That is kind of the prototype in which you want to go after Justin Fields. Is he the deep thrower? Is he the accurate passer that Russell Wilson is? You know, at this point in his career, no. Uh, but I think that's his trajectory, right? right? That's where he's trying to get. Right. So you want to confuse him early, take advantage of the young guy, speed up his uh, recognition, speed up his internal clock, so he feels he needs to get rid of the football Correct. a lot sooner than he does. And I think that is the way you can get after Fields. So Fields is going to be something interesting for them to monitor, and I'll tell you what would really help them. They go ahead and they slow down his run game a little bit. They slow down his running backs like Montgomery. That could help him a lot. Absolutely. Now, or what is the 49ers' biggest advantage you feel against the Chicago Bears? Um, our biggest advantage, I would say, I would say it's our defensive line. Um, it's our defensive line, our front seven, um, our ability to to get after Justin Fields. It's going to be, it's going to cause havoc. I think he's not going to see a better defensive line all all year. Um, it's going to be an absolutely, it's going to be a problem for him all day. If they create havoc all game. Justin Fields is going to be – we're going to see a different Justin Fields. He's not going to be in rhythm. He's always going to be on the move, having to make decisions on the move. Um, and he's just going to be in in, cure, in pure panic. So I feel like that's that's one of the main advantages we have on them. Um, I also think one of our other main advantages, is, like I said uh, earlier, is Kyle Shanahan, you know, going up against their defense. Like, I believe you give him enough time to scheme against any defense, defense he's going to exploit it, you know. So – um, I'm, to me, those are the two major advantages I see going into this game. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I think the defensive line is a definite advantage. And right. part of the reason that's a, a huge advantage for the 49ers is the offensive line for the Chicago Bears is, is a little bit of a young offensive line. Uh, you have guys, of course, they have, you know, Tevin Jenkins, who they tried to trade. Uh, they have, you know, Braxton Jones, who they have at playing left tackle. Uh, there are some some young guys there, but they don't really spend a lot of draft capital amongst that offensive line. They pretty much have white hair is the, the guy that's this very secure NFL caliber offensive lineman. And then everyone else is kind of like, we'll see. You know, right. we'll see what we got here. You throw in the fact that you're going to have, you know, they they claimed Alex Leatherwood from the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of where their offensive line is. Now, I would have I would have been willing to get Leatherwood as well and just see where he's at. Because <laughs> I think if you know if you talked about him as like a third or fourth round prospect, uh, that would have been legit. Mayock just took him in the first, which makes it uh, right. you know worse. But you're you right. That. That's a huge <laughs> advantage for the 49ers, and that's the thing. Uh, and that's why Justin Fields is already prepping the media like, hey, if Bosa goes in there and wins all the time, uh, you just you know don't blame the young guy. Like that's yeah. tough. Who's going to beat Bosa? And I think that's going to be a tremendous advantage. And that's the 49ers, you know, way of winning football games all throughout the year, not just against the Chicago Bears. And then you talk about Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, he's going to be able to scheme it up. And, you know, and he's got the personnel to be able to do it, even if they don't have George Kittle, even if they don't have that playmaker at the tight end spot. If he's not healthy and ready to go, you still have capable bodies with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, Raven McLeod, Danny Gray. We didn't even mention any of the tight ends who can all get it done, too, because Croft is a legitimate. NFL tight end who can win in the red zone and convert on third down. And also we have Ross Dwelly who had himself a very impressive training camp in preseason. So I think the 49ers offense is formidable and it's all really going to come down to the advantage of Kyle Shannon to scheme up that run game. Because if they get that run game going, they're going to take the pressure off of Trey Lance. It's going to make it easier for this offensive line. Absolutely. And when you line up a rookie, a rookie tackle against Nick Bosa, uh, that's barbecue chicken all day. It is. I mean, that's tough. <laughs> Man. That is so tough. I mean, Dude. remember last year, what was it, Pinay Soul? Yeah. Uh, Pinay Soul's going to line up, you know, against uh, Nick Bosa. And it's like nothing against Soul. I mean, he's, he's one of the better players, right. you know, coming out of that, that draft. draft. But this is Nick freaking Bosa. Right. Uh, he, this is a defensive <laughs> player of the year caliber player. And you're going to go roll out there with a fifth round pick. Good luck. Right. I mean, that's just, I mean, I, I think he's a nice young player. I think he could develop into something, but this isn't the time. Not right no, now. No, uh, this isn't that moment. And now you got to deal with Bosa. Right. He's just a freak. You know what I mean? And the leverage that he's going to be able to play with, he's going to get underneath it. Uh, get ready. Uh, last year, the 49ers got four sacks against um, the Chicago Bears on Justin Fields. And on my game preview show, I predicted in the wild that's bold that the 49ers get five sacks in this game. I and get even it. more. Just because, I mean, the offensive line is a little bit of a weakness for Chicago defensive line for the 49ers is a huge strength. Absolutely. And this this Nick Bosa is, is a freak this year. This might be the best Nick Bosa we've ever seen. It is. So, I mean, I can't wait for Sunday. It's going to be it's going to be a massacre. It is. And you got a better Samson Ebucom. Yeah. And you got a Eric Armstead that's playing on the inside. He did not play on the inside against Chicago last year. So, uh, this is a different scenario and a different team and on defense. Oh, and Kinlaw. A better Kinlaw, yeah. A more athletic Kinlaw. Exactly. In shape Kinlaw. Ooh, that's scary. Spelling problems for the Bears. So we talked big advantage. Now let's talk about the 49ers' biggest concern against the Bears. Where do you think the 49ers' biggest concern is that the Bears can capitalize and take advantage of? So, so going back to what we were speaking about earlier, the safety play, I feel like that's our biggest concern because uh, watching Justin Fields for years, I'm a Michigan fan, and he killed us through the air. Yeah. Um, he pushes the ball downfield. He is not afraid to push the ball deep. 
if he if we're having issues back there, communication issues or somebody busted coverage, Justin Fields will, will make the play. Yeah. You know, he's like I said, he's not shy to push the ball down the field. So if we I hope going into this game they have this ironed out. You know, they have this, they have uh who they're gonna start, you know, what's gonna go on back there, because that's what that's what scares me the most about this game with Justin Fields because he'll break the pocket and just launch the ball downfield. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm hoping that the D line, you know, wrecks enough havoc where he doesn't have time. He's always on the run and he's getting sacked. Um, but if he has time, I'm I just hope he doesn't lo- wind up and it's just bombs away. So that's that's the biggest thing I'm worried about going in going into this game against the Bears. Yeah, you know the the First thing I do as a coach is you recognize like a concern, like you said about safety, and it's definitely a concern. And then the first thing I want to know is, can I mitigate that by putting in a different player, right? So can I mitigate that by putting Dante Johnson at safety? Maybe. Um, but then again, if I don't feel comfortable with that, I got to mitigate it through scheme or another way. So what do you do right away? The first thing I would do was run more of a two deep zone look with the safeties and allow these guys to run man underneath. What that means though is you have to spy with a linebacker on Justin Fields. It makes it a little bit more difficult so you have to do that. That's one way to mitigate. But you can also, by doing that, you can create more time for this pass rush to be able to get home. And that's what it's about, giving this pass rush time to Absolutely. get on to Justin Fields where he doesn't have those opportunities to challenge a George Odom or Talano Ufanga downfield. Uh, by doing that and going man underneath, you do leave yourself more susceptible to the run. So the 49ers interior defensive line and linebacker group would have to make sure they can handle it. And that's not easy to do, but it could be something they tried to do early on. Is Justin Fields going to be uh, disciplined enough to see, see two deep safeties and check to run every single time he sees it? I don't know if I've seen that. I did not see that on film in the preseason. I don't know if he would do that. He's not a robot like Peyton Manning or Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady where they see two deep safeties. And they're like, oh, we're running. It's a, it's a favorable box. So I think that's one thing the 49ers can try early to mitigate you know, that concern of the safety position. Because I think right now it is a concern until somebody like Tarverius Moore, somebody like Dante Johnson can prove that they can consistently have good reps. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I, I think you're onto something there, to be honest. I mean, you got to scheme it up. You yeah. know, with, with a player like Justin Fields, and then when you're down, uh, you know, one of the, the leaders of this defense, and Jimmy Ward, I mean, you have no choice but to scheme it up, you know, because like I said, Justin Fields is not afraid to throw it downfield. No, not afraid at all. And and th- he has the arm to do it. So um, I'm just hoping the Niners, they got this uh, squared away. Like, like I said, back there in the safety position and um, they really focus in on, on corralling him at the line of scrimmage, getting him down so where he doesn't have the time, like you were saying, to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, that's <clears> going <throat> to be big. And Charverius Moore or Charverius Ward is a big reason why. He, I want to see what they do. Can he take away a Darnell Mooney? I mean, can he go out there and handle that? If he can, then that's going to make it easier on everyone else because then that safety, well, safety can go help other places. Absolutely. Uh, let, let's see what happens when you get young Sam Womack out there in the nickel spot. See how he handles some of these speedsters from Chicago. Chicago's not full of big names. There's no Allen Robinson anymore. But what they do have is guys that can move and guys that are fast. You give them the opportunity, they're going to be able to make plays, especially after the catch. But the 49ers have to make sure that they kind of scheme it up, confuse Justin Fields. I think that's a major role that could help alleviate some of these concerns. Now, over on the offensive side of the ball, one of the conversations has been, what is the ratio going to be of 49ers run plays to pass plays? Uh, Now, last year, if you look back over the numbers, thanks John Chapman for this, 
is he's he went out and figured out the stats. The 49ers averaged about 30 pass attempts per game last year overall. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance splitting are not really splitting, but you know, Jimmy having most of the time, Trey having some of those reps as well. What do you think it's going to be this year? We know if the 49ers run the ball over 40 or over 30 times, they have a really good chance of winning. If they run it over 40 times, they're guaranteed a victory. That's just how it's worked. With young Trey Lance being in there, what do you think the ratio of runs to passes? I would lean more towards it at that 30, 40 number. Um, just to just to, like you were saying earlier, to get Trey Lance comfortable um in the flow of the game. Obviously, obviously it's gonna depend on game flow, how the game is going, what's the score. Um but I think Shanahan's going to – he's going to – he knows he has a young quarterback. You know, he's going to get him comfortable. He's going to get the running game going. And yeah. we we know if there's one thing that the Shanahan's do well is run the football. So I definitely see um, the Niners more so – more so being heavily with the run this game than anything. Yeah, one thing that's going to be interesting is here we are talking about that. You know who else knows that? Eberflus. Uh, he, he knows exactly what the 49ers want to do too. They want to run the football. One of the things he was famous for in Indianapolis was walking one of those safeties into the box and creating eight-man boxes. They often had their defense as one of the top 10 rush defenses in the entire league. Now, is this Chicago defense as talented as that Indianapolis Colts defense? No. no. But one thing he does do is confuse people up front, confuse offensive line blocking with you know uh, different stunts from the defensive line. That's one way they can kind of do that as well. So I'm wondering, do, does Kyle Shanahan come out and try to – uh, take advantage of some of those eight-man boxes by getting Trey Lance outside the pocket and allowing him to throw the football to kind of soften this defense early on. Do we get a Jimmy Garoppolo-style defense where people are coming up and loading the box? Are they going to make Trey Lance prove that he can beat them first before? Now, it could be no, it, it could be null and void. It might not matter at all. Fortnite might, might be able to run against an eight-man box. I'm not sure. Right. Um, I'm just wondering, <laughs> knowing the way that these guys attack you know, different offenses, if they do bring those guys up and force traded to go ahead and prove that he can get it done. It's going to be interesting to see because I'm what I'm the biggest question mark I have going into this game is, are we going to see more of the offense similar to the Arizona game last where we've seen Trey Lance run a ton? Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, when you run your quarterback, you're putting him at risk to, be, to get hurt. And actually, that's what happened with Trey Lance in that game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what type of running game is Shanahan going to unleash against the Bears? You know, is it going to be, are we going to see more of, you know, Trey Lance involved in the running game? I mean, how much are we going to see Debo in the backfield? You know, um, how many carries is Mitchell going to get? How much are we going to see with Jeff Wilson? Yeah. Or, uh, Ty Davis Price. So it's just overall, the running game is going to be very interesting to see how it's, how it's being unveiled. Yeah, well, and you know, you got a defense that's going to be predicated on causing problems in the backfield, penetration, aggressiveness is what you're going to get from this defensive line. So if you can take advantage of it, uh, catch them in a stunt the wrong way, you can have big plays. So there's big playability for this 49ers offense. I think I can't wait for Elijah Mitchell to get out there. That's one of the things that I'm really excited about because when I was at training camp, I got to watch Mitchell and he was just so dynamic. The one cut and go, he was seeing vision. His second level elusiveness was at another level than we saw last year. So I'm really excited to see how he runs. And I think Jeff Wilson Jr. as well. So I'm very curious about that. And the, all the while I know that getting these young offensive linemen moving forward and blocking in the run game will definitely help them later on. Because if they have to drop back and pass block in traditional pass sets, not only are those young guys going to have problems up front dealing with stunts and being able to pass guys off, but Mike McGlinchey will struggle as well because that's not something that he does at a high level. 
You right. got Mike McGlinchey run blocking. He's fantastic. One of the best in the league. You got Mike McGlinchey running slide protection or you know running a play action type scheme. He's one of the better ones to do that. He can handle those situations. We don't want third and eight, third and 10, and Robert Quinn lined up against Mike McGlinchey. That's not the situation we want for the offensive line. That's not the situation we want for Trey Lance. No, we we don't want to see that at all. And the Bears know this. Yeah, the Bears know this going into the game. They're I, if we if I was going to the locker room today, I'm pretty sure their number one game plan is stop the run. So I think um, anytime you see Kyle and the 40ers <laughs> come to town, you're like, stop, stop the run. run. That's exactly number one. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely fascinated to see what the Bears do, and then like I said, how we unveil our running game with Trey Lance. Because honestly, I feel like with Trey Lance, the running game could be more dynamic. It will be more dynamic for for the mere reason you have to account for them. You brought it up earlier in the show, 11 on 11 football is here. And the reason is, is you have to make sure you know where Trey Lance is at all times. It could be a give. It could be a give. It could be a give. And then all of a sudden that one time you do something wrong as a defensive player and you get down the line of scrimmage, he pulls and he runs around the outside and he has a big play. And all the while, if you're holding ground where you're supposed to, it's going to create run lanes for these running backs to be able to get upfield and get vertical. Absolutely. Uh, so it's it's one of those things that four yards have the backs to be able to physically wear you down. And the whole time, if you can get 12, 13 play drives that produce points, you're keeping your defense off the field, which means a fresher Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. a fresher Eric Armstead. And that's not good for any of these other teams <laughs> along the way. So I think that is the game plan. That's the blueprint uh, that the four yards want to employ. I agree. I agree with that. And so with that, Warren, we've talked about this team now. The 49ers versus Bears for prediction. Now, I'll tell you what mine was because everyone got you know a taste of it on the game preview show. Was I have the 49ers winning 23-13. to 13. I think that they're, it's going to be a little bit more low scoring than some people think. You add in the fact you're going to have weather, possibility of rain, some wind as well, maybe up to 17 miles per hour. Not crazy, especially in, in that area, but uh, I thought it was enough to keep this low scoring. And the 49ers, though, give, I think the defense is just so good. Right. Uh, it's going to be hard to score on them. So 23-13 was where I went. Yeah, I think the, the defense is going to dominate. They're going to dominate the day. And the running game is just it's going to take us home. Um, we're going we're gonna to get to see what we got in Trey Lance especially on the road in Chicago um, in some weather. I would love to see it. Yeah. So I have the Niners winning this Sunday. I have it 20 to 10. Ooh, 20 to 10. I 20 like to that. 10. Another 10 point victory. I think we're in agreement, which means the 49ers would more than cover the spread, which is exciting. Uh, and and thank you so much, Warren. What a great episode getting to talk about this 49ers versus Bears. We're looking forward to next week's where we can break down Absolutely. the Niners versus Bears game and then look forward to, to those dang Seattle Seahawks with Pete Carroll coming to town chomping on that dang gum. I hope we get over our Seattle Blues. I, I think this is it. <laughs> I, I think Geno's being named quarterback one uh, is all I needed to hear. And I'm excited. I think I think Seattle in the future, they got some young players that are going to develop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I yeah. think this year the, the, the yeah. 49ers can definitely handle business. But you have to go get it done on the field, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and, and thanks everyone for watching. I would like to say that you know, tomorrow there's going to be an episode coming out of what is the game plan. I'm getting really in-depth on the 49ers' offensive game plan against the Chicago Bears, defensive game plan as well, how they're going to stop Justin Fields. Make sure to check that out at 11. Also, on Patreon, there is a full breakdown of the Chicago uh, Bears. It's a scouting report. Go there and see from a coaching perspective how you approach breaking down film and how you attack these certain teams. All that is available. All the while, if you've been on the channel, you know that there's a game preview show out there. Later tonight, there is Jay in the Bay is going to be on with his What's Good show. 
check that out as well. Stuff all week long on 40 yards cutback. Plus, after the game, full reaction. Come through. Let me know what you thought of the game. Conversate with me. We'll have a lot of fun. Excited about everything, but just so much content all <laughs> over the channel and over on Patreon, including full shows over there that are not shown on YouTube, like Slightly Offsides and 49ers Face Off. Just so much good stuff, Warren. I sorry I had to go for the full plug. I didn't even tell anyone to like or subscribe, but they could do that too. I agree. I mean, this is the best. This is the best time of year. So, I mean, there's so there's Niner content everywhere. There so, is. If you're a Niner fan, I mean, tune in. Yeah, tune in. Exactly. And all the while, there's news episodes. I have news updates coming out every day as well. Right. Whew, just so much stuff. <laughs> all the recordings are coming, but you know what? We don't have to wait for very much longer. 49ers football. It's here. 49ers Sunday. for Chicago Bears going to be an exciting one more and i can't wait for it uh, and i can't wait to to see how these guys handle the chicago bears in chicago i can't wait either all right everyone you guys have a good one we'll catch you on the next episode